0: everyone and welcome to what would my shrink say a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes you'll never be the same hey Todd
1: dr. Wignall how are you pretty good pretty good Good I'm excited to talk about panic attacks yeah this this um, is just a I had this really interesting session with a client the other day who told me that they had gone to the dentist and this was a uh, historically a place where this client has had many panic attacks. Oh, um, lots of people kind of get under that light. Yeah. They have a dentist and an assistant kind of hovering over them, right in their space. And there's five you know tools scratching your teeth and kind drilling of scary at Scary looking you. tools, admittedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's a perfect kind of recipe for this kind of like, I got to get out of here. Mm. The world's ending kind of moment. And and. Uh, My client, uh, noticed that they were in the chair, The the dentist was kind of working on them drilling away and the dentist got up to kind of go to the next room and they felt all of those sensations, the, the tightness in the chest, sweaty hands, breathing hard was hard to do. And my client said, you know, it was the funniest thing. I just said, well, here we go again. I might as well really get good at these things. I've had enough of them. I'm I I can be an expert by now. Let's just go. Let's get it over <laughs> with. And she said Dr. Soul is the weirdest thing, but it was like um having to sneeze and then that sneeze never comes. You know, yeah. it was like this immediate like the the panic attack didn't happen. And my client was very confused about that because they were saying like, "Man, I could feel it. Here it was coming. It was the it was everything I always feel." And the only thing I did in response was say, "Let's go, let's let's do this." You know, I'm I'm an expert at this at this point. Um, what do you make of that?
0: I love that. It's such a beautiful example of I, I what I tell my because I, I I do a lot I treat a lot of panic um, and I love it. It's maybe my favorite thing to, to treat. And my the the, the fundamental law of for panic, for understanding panic, really anxiety, but especially, this is especially true for, for people with panic, is you cannot have a panic attack if you're willing to feel anxious. Mm. It is like a law, a psychological law of the universe. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. to make sense of that, you think about the inverse, which is what actually causes panic. Because I, I mean, most people get at least a little bit anxious when they go to the dentist or when they have to speak in public or like all these typical things, right? hmm what separates people who, who, who get a little bit anxious versus people who get full-blown panic attacks is they, they have taught their brain that it is dangerous to feel anxious. Mm-hmm. So they get anxiety about anxiety, right? And the reason that happens is, understandably, you start to feel anxious and you think, "Ooh, like, I don't want to feel this. Right. So you do one of two things. You try to make yourself feel less anxious. You try to get rid of the feeling, Right or you try to escape the feeling. You try to do something that makes it go away, right? Mm-hmm. Well, to your brain, what this looks like is fight or flight. Right? You're either attacking something, your anxiety, and trying to make it go away, or you're running away from it. Mm-hmm. When you fight or flee something, you're telling your brain, this thing's dangerous. So what does your brain do? It makes you anxious. <laughs> right. So you get in this crazy feedback loop where you get anxious about being anxious, about being anxious about, and then pretty soon, you're in a full blown panic attack.
1: You're getting tons of stress hormones and adrenaline to fight the enemy, which you've decided is your anxiety. anxiety. And that's exactly what anxiety and panic is.
0: Physiologically, it's just adrenaline. That's literally, it's, it's, there it is. It's adrenaline sets off your fight or flight reaction, your sympathetic nervous system.
1: And then it's that loop of I'm feeling this more and and, and more anxiety. I'm feeling this more exactly. and, and more preparation for the threat or, or so. Yeah. So if I, like attacking or trying to
0: fix your anxiety or running away from it and trying to escape it are the things that make anxiety worse and, and catapult you into panic. The opposite is you have to be willing to have anxiety. You go, yeah, sure. I'm like, let's go. Let's do this, right? Let's dance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I know I'm saying kind of flippantly, but I'm doing that for effect because it's a yeah. very counterintuitive thing. But it's literally impossible to go into panic if you're telling your brain, no, it's okay if we have anxiety. It's not a threat. We can do it. I don't like it. Right? It's kind of uncomfortable, but it's not dangerous.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're 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 right sizing that this is uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. it's not dangerous. It's not dangerous. Yeah. And and uh that was the key point for my client as they kind of um walked through this this process. It was their recognition. That they had had panic attacks before, that nothing bad was going to happen to them as a result of a panic attack, and they were totally ready to go ahead and have it and get it over Mm -hmm. with. And then there's, like, this realization that, like, the panic's not coming, you know? And and then there was this real kind of satisfaction and relief and happiness for that, Mm -hmm. and they just felt calmer and calmer and calmer. And the next thing I you know, the procedure's over there walking out going, how in the hell did I do that? <laughs> um, but, it, but it really was fun to kind of process that, that moment and, and uh, look at that very counterintuitive um, principle that's involved in anxiety. So which cool. is You do not want to start targeting your natural emotions and making them the enemy. And I
0: would think for your client, very empowering and confidence building in the long run.
1: Yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and the thing they kept saying was learning that we really talked a lot Mm -hmm. about learning, you know, that, um, that they were learning what this was really like and and how it really operated rather than this kind of fevered, uh, rush to get rid of it all the time, make it go away. And, and like quicksand with anxiety, the the harder you fight against it, (laughs) the more anxious you get. So, um, they they really viewed this as a learning experience rather than just kind of this 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 um, super um, distressing kind of experience.
0: That's so key. I, I talk to my clients a lot about when you feel anxious and you're not sure what to do. If you don't want to keep feeling anxious, the question to ask yourself is: For any given behavior, what am I teaching my brain? If your brain sees you do anything that looks like running away or fighting trying to fix, get rid of, right? You're teaching your brain to be afraid of that thing, whether it's a spider or speaking in front of other people or your own anxiety, Mm -hmm. right? So this idea of learning is super important because it's it's all about what are you teaching? What is your brain learning as a result of your actions? And the only way if running away and fighting your anxiety teaches your brain, it's called fear learning. It teaches your brain to be afraid of you're literally telling your brain, this thing is dangerous. Be more afraid of it. Yeah, right? Safety learning happens when you teach your brain, I'm not afraid of this thing. And the only way to do it, you can't tell yourself that. You can't like talk to it. Just like you can't tell your pet to stop pooping on the lawn, right? Mm-hmm. You have to train it mm-hmm. through behavior, right? And the only way to do that is to be willing to just have it. Say, oh yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, so true. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing to to kind of really point out. I think I think in a lot of ways, what I do frequently is kind of point out that um, your experience is generally um, the, the patterns of thought and behavior that you engage in and rehearse frequently. Mm-hmm. You know, and and panic is one that if you're struggling with to really consider, like, what am I rehearsing regularly when these things come up? You know, and yeah. Um, what am I teaching myself?
0: I think the hard thing though, and it's mostly reinforced by our profession, most, at least most therapists I know are kind of obsessed with the idea of coping skills and coping strategies. Mm-hmm, or their mm-hmm. client comes in and they're like, oh, I'm so anxious. Like, oh, good, let me give you some coping strategies so you can relax when you're feeling mm-hmm. anxious. Mm-hmm. The exact, wrong, that literally creates panic disorder in people. When you, when you tell people, the solution to feeling anxious is to do something to make yourself feel less anxious. Mm-hmm. Eh, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> do not go pass go. Do not collect $200. Go straight to jail, in fact. Because you're teaching your brain that anxiety is bad and dangerous, which well, is going to make you more anxious in the long run.
1: And, and, and often... Um... Look, some of those coping skills can help you relax in some ways, but I, I like what you said in that what you're training yourself is that it's breathing in a certain count that calms you down or, you know, makes the anxiety go away, you know, but that's not true. You know, the, the, those none of those make the anxiety go away. It's it's a way for you to kind of ground yourself and, and gain some perspective maybe or do some mindfulness, but the idea is that you can experience anxiety and be safe and, and you can experience anxiety and um and it doesn't even have to be that bad.
0: Okay, let's see if we can really disagree hard about something. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go real hard line. When it comes to anxiety, I am one hundred percent anti coping strategy. You should not, you should never, never do relaxation in the moment to alleviate your anxiety. Never. You can do relaxation when you're just, you know, after you wake up and, you know, just as a regular practice or routine or something or breathing exercises or meditation or go to your happy place and visualize. But if you do it in response to anxiety, in the long run, you are always making yourself more anxious because you're, what you're training your brain is by trying to get rid of this thing, anxiety, feeling better, I'm telling my brain it's dangerous. And so you're going to, yeah. even if you temporarily feel better in the moment, the next time you start to feel anxious, your brain's gonna be even more on the alert and it's gonna
1: freak out even more and make you even more anxious. How about I'll agree with you in so much as your coping skill is designed to make your anxiety go away.
0: Well, why else would you what else would you do with a coping skill? Like that's the whole point of coping have is to, to focus your on.
1: attention, because that's kind of what anxiety is for sometimes. You can you can do other you can use a skill there to to kind of focus attention to behavioral options or something like that but if, if you're engaging in the coping skill to say make the anxiety go away yes. then I would say or, bad idea
0: or even to feel better I, I will tell my or clients, to change the way you feel if maybe. you are doing something to try and feel less anxious you should not do it you are going to end up feeling more anxious in the long yeah, run yeah then you that don't is understand how anxiety
1: is exactly exactly, yeah, exactly. exactly. Hey, everyone. Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.